This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. bad decent yeah halfway decent and work halfway yeah, decent I, pop. we'll get acceptable. it right. we'll get it i mean we got it right we've gotten it right way too many times i know several episodes ago we did that you know we did a comparison uh, uh ag went into the archives dug into the archives and and, and um determined four or five pops <laughs> that were that were deemed you know at the top of the list there so i'm not trying to compete with that today today it was just really just about opening this can of Peeber, the unwitting sponsor of the show, and uh, ice cold, refreshing. Ice cold. Well, you know it's gonna be refreshing. I don't know if it's ice cold. It's cold enough. Let's put it that way. But uh, enough about the Peeber. Ag, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Well, I mean, relatively, of course. Everything is relative right now, and uh, honestly, you know, there was no point in even trying to think up topics for today's podcast because there's really only one thing to talk about. And it's just kind of like permeating every aspect of of, uh, of daily life now. Agreed. Agreed. We'll get into that for sure. Mac, how are things on your end? Pretty good. Uh, the wife has, uh, with a little bit of input from myself, uh, we've completely basically remodeled our place, new furniture and whatnot at good, at good, at good prices. And uh, so I, 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 I like the way it looks. It's kind of uh, a bit of a Southwestern feel to it, which I don't mind because I, I like, wouldn't mind moving to the Southwest at some, some point in my life. I actually would, would appreciate that more than Oregon. I mean, I've, I don't know. I'm kind of Oregoned out. But, you know, as far as the, the outside, yeah, clearly things are, are going to hell in a handbasket. And I did read this morning there was a, an article, which apparently is not an Onion article, of a gentleman who had been on a, I didn't read the whole thing, but the head, I think the headline was good enough. It's a 75-day silent retreat or some bullshit that only white that only white people can do. And so the guy had no idea. He basically came in and was like, hey, yeah, so what's going on? <laughs> so, okay, even if there was, it was kind of a, kind of at the, you know, COVID had started, but it wasn't really like as bad as it is now. And then now we've got all the stuff we're going to talk about. And just imagine coming out of that uh, and just be completely fucking clueless. Yeah, that does sound like that does sound like something only white people do. do that's for sure. And and you're right. I mean, he certainly would have been aware of COVID before he went on this 75 day um retreat or some bullshit like that not a retreat it's, I, I think uh what is like a being like a i don't know what it is whatever it is you're, you're right it's kind of like uh shutting down everything in the world maybe shutting down everything around you so that you're kind of yeah. secluded and and protected from what's going on around you yeah, yeah this, this this is i'm sure that was quite a rude awakening on his part well i i certainly hope so because again the I mean, it's fine. I shouldn't be that judgy of it. But to me, I don't have the time or money or even the inclination to go away into the woods for 75 days and sit and probably 
Um, I doubt he was in squalor. Uh, I think he was probably doing okay. Uh, and then he comes out, and then he was like, hey, hey, guys. Uh, I'm feeling great. How about you? Well, fuck off. Yeah, I myself have definitely been um, – well, for one thing, I've, I've been – I've not been shy on social media in terms of posting about my, my thoughts and my, uh, my, my feelings about what's going on. Uh, one of our, one of the friends of the show actually uh, called me out on it on, on, on Twitter stating, you know, paraphrasing here, but stating, Oh, so uh, you're no longer afraid of, uh, of what you're saying on Twitter. Oh, you know, what changed almost like to the, to the point of saying, well, now that you're an American citizen, now you feel that, that you, you have, you have the right to speak or you're, no longer afraid to speak. Maybe that's got something to do with it. You know, I mean, I certainly was, um, I certainly was not as verbose about things perhaps when I was still waiting on, you know, waiting to take my oath. Um, not that there would have been any kind of real like legal repercussions or anything like that, but you never know with this administration. So, uh, so certainly uh, I've been, uh, I've not been shy about, about expressing things on the internet. What about you, AG? Well, I don't think of myself as being particularly controversial or um, I do, you know, speak out on some stuff. I show some solidarity and, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally post some stuff on, I don't know. I don't know what I've done recently that has been expressing a lot of, you know, animosity towards anybody, especially, but, you know, I, I do occasionally see something on, this administration, and I feel like I want to amplify it a little bit, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I, part of me is a little worried about the our freedom of speech, with all the sort of NSA eavesdropping and you know just the kind of crap that is happening with this administration. I not that I'm. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely for all of what's happening now as far as changing things in society. Man, changing things with the, <laughs> we've got to get this guy out of office. So, and I, I'm becoming more hopeful that this is a, a real possibility, uh, especially something I think you posted, Mac, was about the Tennessee allowing mail-in votes, mm-hmm. and it's like we're starting to get a few little steps here. We're getting a couple of like Republicans and former administration officials. Um, pushing back a little bit. And I think that there was basically none of that for a long time. And I just need that this momentum needs to kind of keep building. And it's, I mean, again, I, people that are, have a, I don't want to say Republicans, but people that sort of uh, align their views with that, with that um, philosophy have got to start waking up because None of this is acceptable. And, and just because you're getting your way right now and, and this guy is sort of pandering to your base instincts is, is, is not the way to go forward. And it, he absolutely is just trying to divide people. And if there was no electoral college, I don't even know if this would be happening because you really would need to take care of the people uh, in say California and New York and all these high population states, you would need to really get them on board with what you're doing rather than trying to do this sort of electoral college shell game of trying to manipulate populations in very conservative areas to, to get that required number of electoral votes. So 
it's it's a big mess and uh going back towards the black lives matter i i do think that this is all sort of raising the consciousness of not just you know people that are uh black it's i think that even just hearing this conservative communities conservative people i think it's sort of elevating their knowledge of what is really going on out there yeah i i would agree with that i think the uh <clears throat> you know you don't have to it, it doesn't matter what side of the political eye you're on all you need to do is look at other countries around the world who are similar in the way that they treat their public similar in the way that they treat the media the way their messaging is and you know the you've had and i think the trevor uh lawrence or what, what's his name trevor noah sorry Tre- trevor noah i know his name is trevor i never remember his last name uh daily show uh he posted a very interesting and an analysis of kind of what's happened and so what you had was is you had the beginning was with that one gal amy cooper or whatever her name was uh the hey can we just close the door it's fine you can take that cut right there no we'll leave that in yeah yeah we'll we'll leave it in there uh the uh and then on you know you know from that that was a good example of of some you know some crazy shit right there that's been going on for a long time so for those who don't know the name it's the gal who called the police on a black guy watching birds in Central Park because he, he he wanted her. I think it was to put the leash on the dog or something along those lines. No, she she left. She let her dog loose in a park yeah, that, so, I, that clearly meant dogs need to be leashed. Right, and so he said, "Hey, put your dog on the leash." Which, if any was a white person, she would have probably been annoying about it, but probably would have just done it. Uh, and so, and then and using the words to the 911 operators, you know, there's an African-American guy threatening me. And, you know, this is, I don't think, from what I remember reading, she's not even necessarily a conservative Trumpy. She was uh, more liberal in her leanings. So it just shows that there is, you know, that that systemic racism, there's also the underlying racism that everybody has who is not of that color. So then you go from there, then you go to, uh, you know, fast forward to the George Floyd, he keeps, he's pointing out all these dominoes that are falling. And now, you know, the, the most recent domino is this Trump uh, clearing out this area so he can go get a, a, just a bizarre and weird, strange, creepy, chilling photo op in front of a church and trying to claim that churches don't get burned, that they've been burning black churches for years. Uh, churches have been burned. So, you know, first, first of all, that's wrong. And then two, he didn't do anything. He just went there and held up the Bible in a very similar way. If you look at the photos of Adolf Hitler holding his, his, his little book. And so to me, there's no other way to look at it except for that the guy and his people, his ilk want to, set up a an autocratic uh fascist society that's what they want they want to be like russia they want to be like north korea they want to bring up all their 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 kids would be up next you'd have the you know the 
the, 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 the Donnie Trump juniors and the Eric Trumps and you have all these people coming up. That's what they want. I hundred percent believe now that that is what they want to do. If you just look at uh, a so-called attorney general Barr was the one who authorized and he tried to say, no, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Authorized the clearing out of a peaceful protest, beating people up, tear gassing, and then they tried to claim it wasn't tear gas, just so he could walk across the way and try to act like a tough guy and, 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 and hold a Bible upside down. Not that I, you, you all know, I don't particularly give a rat's ass about the Bible. I think it's a bunch of BS. But I think the, sent, the sent, sentiment behind Christianity at its core is not bad, at least the, the, the New Testament anyway. There's some good, there's, there's some good stuff there. And uh, no, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. What what they've done is dangerous, and it's setting a precedent. And they're empowering all these fuck, fucking the worst of us in our society. That's what they're doing. The people who are most likely to kill and strike back and use violence. And violence is an effective uh, method. There's no doubt about that. It's an effective method. It'll, it'll get people scared, but problem is I think in this in this country here there's enough institutions in place there's enough people in the military the, the military is not like the police uh, the the police in 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 the majority of them probably 70 to 75 percent of them are pretty conservative there are people who couldn't do anything else in life honestly except uh, you know be bullies and people they, they, they want to act like they're in authority and in the reality they're really just scared because if you look at the actions of the police some of it's done out of just pure sadism yes uh but it's not anger it's out of fear the way that they're acting towards Af towards towards Af towards african americans and uh the citizens even now they're afraid because they, they know that if change comes, they won't have that particular position where they can just, with impunity, do whatever they want, which is what they really want to do. So you got the police force and you got the military who is much more, they're not to say they're liberal, but they have, you know, centuries of, of learning from their own mistakes. And believe me, if they don't have African-Americans on board and Latinos and, and, and others, the U.S. military is going to be pretty small pretty quick because that's a big amount of, of the people that they ended up uh, that they, um, um, employing. So there's, there's a bunch of different factors there. And I want to touch on something you said earlier, Mac, in terms of, you know, systemic racism. And it, and it does not help that, of course, the, the man at the top is, you know, he himself is clearly racist. And you know, stoking, stoking those fires. And I know that, you know, from being in, a, in your field about unconscious bias and how that can not, not necessarily ever disappear. I mean, we, we grew up in that. There's no, I would love to think that hundreds and hundreds of years of generations later, we would maybe no longer have those biases, but they do exist, you know, and sort of akin to, I don't know, it's, it's actually a weird analogy maybe, but you know how, if you're from, let's say, if you're from the South, but you've been living in, in New York for forever, but when you go back to the uh, back to the South, you take on that, the accent again type of thing, because it's innate. 
it's almost the same. Like, you know, if you have somebody who maybe who was maybe who grew up in a racist, racist environment, and then maybe, uh, you know, through the part of a good part of their adult life was in a more accepting, more, you know, multicultural environment and kind of like stamps down a little bit of that, you know, a lot of that racism. But it only takes the guy at the top to to kind of display those behaviors that kind of, I don't know, like let some of those some of those things bubble up. Not trying to generalize here. I'm just saying that that could that could potentially be what's happening. But the you know, but with re- regard to the systemic racism, I think the thing that the thing the thing that I find tough about what's all everything that's going on right now. And maybe I don't need to, but it's like, but what to focus on? Is it about systemic racism is it about police brutality does can one exist does one exist without the other um and because if it were if 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 police brutality was tied to systemic racism then there's definitely an issue there but if police brutality exists in it in and of itself that's a that's another large issue because then i could continue i could certainly go for the whole defund the police uh and all that good stuff which i don't think is a good idea but you know, but with regard to the systemic racism thing, I think the one thing that I, that I struggled that I struggled with in the beginning, uh, and really changed my point of view after really speaking and re- listening to black, uh, members of the black community, even in my own even in my own workplace, we had a very frank discussion two days two days ago just within my team, of which two two are uh, two are black, um, because I was kind of thinking, okay, well, I was sort of siding with the whole all lives matter thing but then i was thinking no i mean in intrinsically yeah all lives matter life is precious but it if you're saying that right now in this moment it dilutes the message and it dilutes the focus as to what what's really more keen right now what that domino that's more that's more visible right now which is the atrocity towards the black community well and briefly on the all lives matter the thing that's not even the point it's not even the point that uh, Ka- the Kaepernick has taken a knee on, you know, that's not, it's not because he is anti-military, anti-American. That's not what it's about. It's about, there is a problem. It's drawing attention to the problem. He said, I have a platform and I'm going to use it to draw attention to a problem of systemic racism within our society. <clears throat> the the idea behind all lives matter yeah it's fucking obvious of course all lives matter that's not the point the point is that the system is currently set up to discount and disregard black lives that's what the point is and and people don't don't have the ability to either they don't have the ability to separate those two things because they're not smart enough to do it it, it is it's it can be complicated if you don't think about it and all you have to do is spend about 30 seconds think, thinking about it. And then, oh, yeah, okay, that totally, totally makes sense. They're not saying that all lives don't matter or that only black lives matter. That's not the effing point. And, all, and again, all you have to do is go back to uh, emancipation, okay, and even the 13th Amendment, uh, and you look at the, okay, so slavery is illegal. So how do we keep these people enslaved? Because, of, you know, without that, we don't have – workers you don't have people to continue to to do the work to rebuild the south right so instead of that they resorted to arresting people and and beef and beefing up the cops and and laws and things of that nature to to make it easier to incarcerate african-americans it's not white people 
that are that are dis that are disproportionately in, incarcerated. It's it's African Americans. It's it's a clear it's it's clear what they've done. So instead of having legal slavery, they found a way to do it to where now they're getting the same thing done and they get to lock them up. So it's it's like even better for them because now they're behind bars. They you know they don't have to worry about them. And then at the same time, you have the police who have been uh, funded. And I don't think we should defund the police because then I think you end up with, with anarchy and I don't think anarchy works either. Uh, that's a separate thing. But then you, so you have the police who are emboldened by, by law and by necessity because they've got to keep workers. They've got to keep people in to the prison. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry people working for free, basically slaves. And yes, there are white people there and there are people of uh, other colors. And, you know, why is it that we have the, the most people in the world per capita in, incarcerated in this country? Why is that? It's because it's a business just like anything else. And so you have a, a number of different things that are causing uh, this problem and it's all, it is systemic racism. The police brutality I think is, is related, but it's separate because they just don't have anybody to stop them from doing what they want to do. It's a very difficult to convict police officers. AG, I know you just coughed, but your thoughts. Go you guys, don't show how the sausage is made. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have, I'm, I respond well to visual cues. So, yeah. uh, well, I, I think some of this, as far as the police and the black community, it's, it's formed this sort of feedback loop of the police are, have very few sort of positive intera interactions with, with black communities, with other communities of color. And so when they have this, you know, negative, it's always being called out to some sort of crime or situation or domestic disturbance. And they're, and they're already sort of pre- pre-biased in the situation so that it gets reinforced and so you know the community the black community is sort of further pushed down by the police and so it just kind of it just keeps breeding this sort of cycle and I, I sort of wish that a lot of conservatives or people that are that have opinions that are more along the segregation line because just like a lot of this I think would go away if we had if we interacted with each other more and we have these positive experiences with people of races different than our own. And, uh, you know, part of me wants to propose something like, Hey, we should all have a regular meeting with just a, you know, somebody that's not our same race, a one-on-one -on -one where you just talk to people and you get to know them and you get to know the problems that they have and their and their positive things in their life and you know you just get to interact and i think a lot of what's happening is just that there's this sort of it is an unspoken segregation of where people live and who they interact with on a daily basis and i think if, if some of those sort of barriers came down you know that some of the stuff would start to fade away i'm not saying it's going to disappear but again i just think it's a lot of is these are these opinions that are formed of other races come from they're, they're sort of formed in a vacuum and getting getting those interactions sort of it, it humanizes each each party to each other and it just becomes so much easier to empathize with somebody else's problems when you have 
a face, a name, uh, experience uh, talking to that person or to, uh, to various people. And I think that some of this is just because people sort of congregate with who they're comfortable with and people that are like them a little too much in this country. I, I agree with you on that one, uh, AG. I feel that there's just too much on that society allows uh, that society allows that that that's kind of like the general the natural um, order of things because like especially like when it comes to uh, gentrification, you know, and and white flight and all that stuff. I mean, that's kind of like just the way things are and the way things go. And if you know, and 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 it's kind of weird when you do have. Um, especially in suburb, suburban America, I think it's a lot tougher to do something like that in the suburbs than it would be in, in urban in urban settings, for instance. But it kind of reminds me of a, of a story that I read. Uh, there was a hotel in Israel, the hotel, the Dan Hotel in Jerusalem, rather, that was leased by the government to house recovering COVID-19 patients. And so in this hotel, there, uh, what happened, ended up happening was there were Israelis, Palestinians, religious and secular groups. There were Arabs. There were, you know, there's just all kinds of all, all, all people from all walks of life. Um, and in the beginning, uh, there was a, there was actually a podcast episode on this somewhere, but there were, in the beginning, everybody was kind of like sitting in their own tables, you know, like, like, like people were sitting with their, like uh, with their, with their own kind. And then it took, I think it was, there was a comedian. There happened to be like a Israeli, uh, New York based Israeli comedian who just did a stand-up comic, uh, comedy routine, and she just started making fun of her own race, making fun of like other people's race, but all in good fun. And then everybody was laughing at the jokes. And like the following day, or like two or three days later, all of a sudden you saw the Israelis sitting with the Palestinians, the Arabs sitting with the Jews, and people were just like talking, and people were asking, and it's like, well, so how? Where are you from? Where do you live? And and then just started to find commonality, even in the most minute minute ways. Um, so I do see the power in what you're what you're suggesting for sure. It, it's I think it, it it just seems tougher to do than it's than it sounds. Well, I don't think it's just tougher to do. I mean, you look at certain uh, states and certain cities and certain areas that it just is impossible. I mean, not Portland, okay, bigger city there, but still a very small African American population. Uh, there's Asian population here, uh, Hispanic. It's a lot smaller, and so they're a lot more disparate, spread out. Um, in, in other bigger cities, it's more possible. I think it's more along the lines of it would make more sense to have a, uh, if we're going to do it, if you say we're just making up our own pro, sort of government program here, to where it's more of like a, uh, a uh, oh, what do they call this, uh, like an uh, exchange program to where you have somebody who lives, for instance, in Roseburg or wherever the fuck you live now, uh, down south, AAG, <laughs> one of those places <clears throat> where they, they come up and live in uh, a house for a summer up, up, uptown here somewhere in, in, in Portland, uh, maybe with a white family, and you send somebody uh, down to that area and do a bit of a, not like a wife swap or family swap, but just you have exchange of ideas and, and, uh, you know, families who'd be open, you know, be open to obviously, uh, to, to sort of see, you know, what it's like to live in, in those areas. And, uh, you know, unfortunately that is, is 
you know, it's never going to happen, but that would be nice if we can have that exchange of experiences and ideas some, somehow. I don't know if it could really happen in that forced of a way. Um, but I also, I also am kind of leery of, of, as to how it could happen organically. So it's almost like something that just needs to happen in the, you know, like be in the middle somewhere, you know, whether it be, you know, again, maybe, maybe companies doing a better job of diversifying their workforce, you know, so that could, and that may be a more of an active thing. And then the camaraderie comes as a, as an organic thing. I don't know, but something to that effect as well, you know, because well, then, because then you're dealing with the, what we have there is, so we already talked about, there's the police, there's an inherent uh, systemic racism within what's happened to African-Americans from a, from a law enforcement perspective, you know, prisons and all that. But it's also just the, as you, as you said earlier, the unconscious biases or conscious biases, do you, it's really, really depending on, on which one is which one, where you live, how you came up, but that's going on e- uh, economically, it's the same thing. So Northeast Portland is where I grew up, mostly Northeast Portland for, and where I lived, a lot of African-Americans, those are my friends who, there's almost a lot of white people around. And they didn't treat me any differently. They didn't call me white. They didn't call me white boy or treat treat me any differently than anybody else. And then I didn't them. So in, in that way, I'm kind of lucky that I grew up with that uh, different little different mindset. Doesn't mean I walked in their shoes. Clearly, I don't have to fear from the cops uh, pulling me over. I don't have to. I mean, we, I do anyway because I'm afraid of cops naturally. But I I don't know why. It just always happened. You should be. Uh, yeah, we should be. I mean, I feel like we should be now. It's like insane. But no, I said yeah. you should be. Oh, I <laughs> true. Yeah, probably true. Yeah, they probably recognize the scumbag when they see it. But uh, it's these types of things that you know, the it's the the people who don't give the benefit of the doubt to an African American, or they look at a name on a resume, and the and they they automatically stereotype what that must mean or what it must be like, uh, you know, so they don't call them or they don't give a loan to an African-American who wants to start a business. So there's this, there's this underlying, uh, you know, so you have the, the overt pretty obvious problem with the police and the prisons and the way the, the justice system is set up. And then you have the more subtle, um, and nuanced ways that they deal with things on the on the economic front, and then you had the uh, it's related to justice, but it's even more it's even more overt than that with uh, drugs and, and 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 making those punishments way more severe for one type of you know like for crack cocaine, for instance, back in the eighties or heroin or whatever it was throughout the years that Af- the African Americans were doing it was always a worse punishment it's the sec- second class citizen feeling that i am shocked that there hasn't been more violence and more out and more outcry than there already has been because i know i wouldn't want to live that way i mean fucking white people can't even go for a couple months without getting a haircut or go getting their, their favorite burger at red robin i mean that's nothing that's nothing compared to what other people have to deal with and it's it's so tough to to not generalize, but and and I think people have a tendency to generalize right now about a lot of things when unrest like this comes to be. Like well, I, I was telling you offline, but now of course I'm going to talk about it online. Um, 
about I had a conversation with a nephew uh, of mine just before our, our recording here. And, you know, to paraphrase, he said something like all police are bad. And, and I'm like, no, I go, I go, I don't think that's really the case. Why do you say that? Well, they just go out there and shoot people. I go, where, where did you see that? Well, you know, on the videos. I go, I, don't, I go, well, I think it might be, it might not be a good idea to just keep, you know, to just base your decision on, on those videos alone. You know, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of other policemen who don't just shoot people around them. Um, you know, they, they do their job. It's, it's tough to, you know, especially, I mean, gosh, I'm talking, I was talking to an eight-year-old. Imagine talking to, you know, like a 48-year-old who also say the same thing, like all police are bad. And it's, it's kind of a tough, it's a tough situation to try to address because it's, it's, it, it, it do get, in, you do go into those generalizations, you know, not, I mean, not all white people are, you know, are racists, not, not, not everyone's racist, you know, despite the unconscious bias, but, you know, and, and so it's, it, it's a, it's a slippery slope when we, when, when people try to focus on what's being, um, what's written on pla placards as a generalization of everybody. Ag, one of the things well, that um, one of the things that uh, that that um, I had a spirited conversation about, you know, about the whole, you know, blacks have been marginalized for forever in this country, and this person said, "Well, but when the U.S. was being formed, there were a lot of whites, or there were a lot of fellow whites that were being marginalized. Not to mention the Native Americans, the Chinese Chinese that were brought over, etc. They were being marginalized too. Why are, why is that not being talked about?" And why is why is everything that, and it was attached to the the hashtag Black Lives Matter is like why why is it it's not just Black Lives that matter? What what's your thought about that? Well, uh, I, mean, I guess I'm not quite clear on your point there. No, that's true because I'm I don't think I was clear in my point. No, the 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 point was being made was the point that was being made was there's all of the you know when the when the U when the when this country was being developed, created, you know, the British obviously was, were, were, was the ruling party. And so when the, when the Irish came in, came over, the Italians came over and all of these other Europeans, they were the ones that were being marginalized at that time. They were the ones being beaten. They were the ones who, who got the crappiest jobs. They were underpaid, et cetera. Those were the people that helped make America what it is. It was also on their backs, on their sweat, blood and tears. Why, why, those were those people were also oppressed. Why is it just the black black lives that matter? Well, so I think as far as let's just talking about other groups and especially Irish, Italians, whoever, where that may have been marginalized to begin with, as as people are settled in a country, they start to, you know, you make connections. Those people start running for office and you sort of start building, you start, these people start getting into positions of power. And so the ability for one class of people to subjugate another gets diminished. And I mean, you're seeing this, you've been seeing this for years now. So I want to just use the Hispanic population. You see a lot more Hispanic politicians, mayors, uh, all sorts of things. And, and, and one of the things that, that Trump has done to energize his base is to sort of demonize immigrants, 
and you know, and, and especially Hispanics, that's that's sort of the comparable, or is is comparable to what Hitler did with the Jewish population. It's to make them sort of seem less than human, make them make them sound illegal, which is you know the term that a lot of these people use to make you know these are not people are not illegal. Okay, they may not be here. Uh, you know, under the, the exact rules, but it doesn't make them inhuman. So I think with those other populations too, it's, I mean, and this is, sounds weird, but it's easier for Irish, Italians, whoever to sort of pass as the, the, the class that's in power. And, and that would seem to be white people, whereas people that are sort of obviously different looking, it's just harder for them to overcome that. And that is completely unfair. And it's really, here's the point I want to get across is that this is sort of the way I try to live my life is I want to everybody to be, I want to give everybody respect. And I, you know, I don't even know if I demand it so much back in return, but I almost give more respect than I expect back. And I think that's a lot of what happens with the, the police is that you you start making these sort of assumptions and jump into conclusions with somebody because you're not giving that person respect. You don't respect that that this person is somebody that has loved ones that love them. And so it just becomes so much easier to just diminish this person that's in front of you that is that is different from you in some way. So I mean, you know, getting back to you know the the Native Americans. Uh, Irish, Chinese. Um, I think some of that, it's just because it's, I don't know if it's further back in history, but people were able to sort of get their foothold in the country and then expand in a way that includes their people into the general populace and sort of amalgamating. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but I just think that a lot of this is has to do with seeing other people as less than I don't want to say less than human, but just less human than yourself. And that that's what needs to stop. You know, all people like you need to have an understanding that everybody loves somebody, except for Trump. He only loves himself. But in, in general that there's people that have loved ones and that you have you know somebody killed in St. George Floyd, you know, he wasn't a perfect person, but he wasn't, I don't think he was a terrible person and he certainly did not deserve to die that day for what he did. And I, I see a lot of this and I'm really like Twitter right now has become such a mixed bag of, of sentiment that it's almost like, un, I, I kind of want to be done with it in a way because you see a, somebody posts a, a, a message on there and you just see all this sort of negative uh hamstringing of somebody's point and it's you don't know if this is is this from russian trolls is this what people really think in other parts of the country it's just it's become so negative that i kind of i'm just i'm a little fed up with it except that i do get the people that i follow which isn't a lot i do feel like i get some good information from them but the comments are just deplorable mac yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> if you look at the, you know, the Native American story is pretty goddamn horrific. 
um, there were estimated, uh, I was reading this even before all this happened. I was just sort of interested in, I, I do this occasionally. I'll get a, a subject in mind and sort of wonder that I'll go dig it and sort of figure out more about it. And the est estimates were before the white man came to the U.S. that there was about a little over 60 million Native Americans who were on um, the continent here, at least in the U.S. popular era, the U.S. borders now. And, you know, yeah, that's pretty spread out considering how big, how big we are, obviously. Uh, but, you know, we were a little over 6 million now. And this wasn't that long ago that we spread out. You took it about, um, I don't know, Lewis and Clark in that expedition and the move out West and the uh, manifest destiny and, and all this, all this stuff that people were doing back in those days. And so you've, you have it decimated, but you, you look at it 10 times less people living, you know, 50 million or, um, well, 60, uh, 54 million people less killed. Uh, it's too horrific to even consider. And I, I, it is glossed over quite a bit. I don't understand why it is. I'm not saying that, that black lives matter movement is any, it doesn't deserve what it gets, but you can, you can, you imagine killing 54 million. Now it wasn't all of them were killed by white people, but they brought disease. That was just, it, it was pretty effective. Um, and they, they treated them just as badly, if not worse. Chi Chinese certainly. Uh, yeah. Build, building the railroads, uh, the level of racism inflicted upon now, the only reason why China and China and the Chinese are even respected is because of their population now and their economic power. That's the only reason why they're looked upon by white supremacists as uh, I, I was watching something the other day about, well, we, there are a few uh, IQ points above us. So they're, they're okay. According to them, according to their doctrine, I'm not even joking about that. That's what they fucking think. And then you look at the Irish and the Italians, it's all a whole separate issue because a lot, you know, it's like the same neighborhood, all of them over there. You know, there's a lot of reasons to hate Italians if you're English because of you know, the Romans and, <coughs> and all that. And then, you know, the Irish are the literally the, the redheaded stepchildren of the English kind of over there and looked down upon. There's a lot of uh, pre-existing conditions on, on that end there. And, you know, the Europeans have, have their own hierarchy of uh, race and gypsies and, and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, it's very difficult to wrap your head around, though, I think, you know, 50 million plus killed because of our presence on a continent. And, you know, they're, conti they're continually mistreated, but they're just marginalized, I think, even by, I mean, they're even probably the lowest of the low of society when you, when you look at it and they were fucking here first. So I don't think America is ready for, you know, for something like that. Um, you know, it's very clear. We brought Africans to this country, imported them here for our own personal use uh, and definitely treated them just, just as badly. Uh, 
but it's difficult. I mean, there's only so many, many horrible things that we can take care of at once, I guess. I, I'm, I'm not sure how else to put it. Well, I think, first of all, history is written by the victors, right? And so whatever we learn in school worldwide is whatever, you know, whoever is from the history books written by the people in power. And so the stories of the Native Americans, the stories of the, the Irish, the, the Chinese, and the, for, of course, there was a, let's not mention the, uh, the 120,000 Japanese who were interned uh, in Oregon, I think here in Oregon, during the during World War II, just because of their because of their nationality, um, you know, whenever we I don't have access to personally to being able to really read that actual history of all these people of all the different people, and I think to Ag's point from earlier, it, it, let's just so ask the questions like talk go up and and talk to uh, talk to you know talk to a black person and say hey you know because because you know they I think they. Um, and as much as like for me, like I, I credit my little brother uh, who really digs into the Philippine history. He was born and raised here in the U.S., but, you know, he dug into Philippine history because he wanted to to know his country um, a little bit more. He even lived in the Philippines for a couple of years in order to, again, dig, dig deep. It, but, you know, so but not everybody has that time. Right. And so so obviously, I think talking and having conversations can only help to to kind of help allow people to tell their story. And so for us to, to gain better understanding. Yeah, and to AG's point earlier in terms of the other, you know, what probably were considered minority at the time, they've had more years, they've had generations upon generations to be able to, to get their foothold in here in the, U, in the U.S., whereas that's not necessarily the case for, for um, our black, uh, or the black community, you know, who, to your point, Mac, were brought here, uh, you know, against their own, their own free will. It's not like they emigrated here. It's not like they chose to come here to this country and, and begin life anew. No, they, they were forced into here and they're still trying to find their place. And I think that's why I feel like that's why that hashtag speaks very strongly for me because as an Asian, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not necessarily like I'm trying to yield. It's more like, yeah, I want to learn this story. This, this story needs to be, needs to be told. And this, this story needs to be heard. That's why, um, I was reacting fairly negatively when I was being, you know, questioned about, you know, well, what about the, you know, all the other nationalities that came here as well and were marginalized in the past. It's like, it's not apples to apples. You know, right. it's, it's so different. The, the circumstances were different. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and maybe population is key. I don't know, but, but at, at the end of the day, I'm also thinking in a utopian, maybe a utopian vision is like, because of the, you know, cultural, and because of the intercultural breeding, let's, I'm going to put it that way, you know, intermarriages, cultural marriages, um, maybe the, the colors will be blurred so much that it's not going to matter at some point. You know, we've seen Atlas, uh, what is it, that freaking uh, Tom Hanks and Halle Berry movie that where they were... Um, Fuck with, that with, movie, God <laughs> damn it. No, Fuck but, that but, fucking movie. But anyway, but anyway, but one point about that movie was... Like you know, four thousand years in the future, you can you could barely tell the nationality of the people around because everybody sort of looked homogenous. So it's like because of all the interracial breeding or whatever, and maybe that's the, you know, maybe that's the platonic ideal that we're trying to get to because so that there is no, because right now when you say I see no color, it's it has two meanings. One is positive and one is negative, and so. When you literally can't see color because everybody's everybody's homogenous because of all this all generations of interbreeding, 
Maybe that's a positive. I don't know. AG? I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> I think what we need is a good alien invasion right now. <laughs> we, need, we need something that's completely other to all of us to have any sense of, like, you know, the common enemy is a big, uh, I don't know what the word is. It just it brings people together and sometimes. And you thought, I probably had a, a suspicion that when the virus was going around that that was going to be the thing. But this is going to help us come together and fight this, but it, it's not. It's actually maybe, I don't know if it's made it worse, but it's certainly not any better. So I think we need, I think we need a, an independence day to sort of thing to happen. And I don't really know what else, like what else you could have that would, that would get people to get overcome some of these stupid, you know, back water thinking of, of how other people that are different than you live. So, but so, yeah, that would be kind of cool if, if in some ways down the road, we all just became this sort of, you know, cafe latte race. And then this was all gone. And if there was some sort of grand experiment where you could sort of pick people to marry somebody from another race and then see how that all kind of plays out over the course of maybe 10 generations, if that just eliminates any sort of making people other. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuousbastards. Find us on Twitter as at innocbastards. Or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com. Email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com. Uh, Mac, you seem to be very opposed to that idea. That's the worst thing. That's the worst possible society that I can imagine. Because, you know, to me, I think the most, to me, if I had to live in that society, I would want to die. I'm not joking. I would be the worst society if everybody was the same. Uh, And now I get people will be different here and there. But to me, the most beautiful thing about humanity are the differences that we have with one another. Uh, you know, do you want to see when you go out in the morning, do you want to see the same type of bird, no matter where you walk the same one every single day, nothing changes, uh, nothing's particularly different about it. Do you, do you want to see, uh, whatever tab at the floor of fauna, it's all the same flower, uh, everywhere. Do you really want to see that? Uh, to me, that is our society would die off a long time before it ever got there. <laughs> I'm not saying this, I'm not saying interracial couples are not are not good that's totally fine and they should continue to happen but i'm saying that if the idea our hope of the future is that we all just sort of fuck one another until we're all the same just one stain of what whatever there are races that's the worst possible outcome in my opinion i think you need to hold on to an identity and be pride and be prideful of it nothing wrong with that but at the same time respect and appreciate the other differences because otherwise you just have the same stew of whatever. And human beings are just not that great to begin with. Yeah. And, and again, it harkens back to what I said earlier about when people say, I see no color and how it has two different, there's a positive connotation and negative connotation. The positive, at least as being purported to be is that I'm not racist. There's no such thing as color for me. I see you as an equal. We're both humans, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and that's 
uh, well, it's it it perceived it's perceived as bullshit because it's it's almost it almost always sounds very surface. Like you're just you're just you're just talking. You it's know, a platitude. Show show with action, but the the negative part of it is that or or what what is really should be ideal is that you do see color, but the fact but you but you allow that color to to your point, Mac, maybe because that's more interesting. It makes life more interesting. Our differences is what makes us what makes life interesting. Uh, rather than have, rather than seeing the same flower or the same bird or the same tree everywhere, you 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 embrace the differences and find a way uh, to to understand. And again, the, again, that kind of harkens to what Ag had said earlier as well. It's it's fine that they were different. It's fine that we're you know we're uh, that we we are we we have our differences in, in our culture and our in our the way we look, etc. But the, the, the thing that binds us, and maybe it does take an Independence Day kind of thing, but the thing that binds us is that we all live on this fucking planet. You know, we're all human, you know, and, but at the end of the day, it also seems like, is that enough? Is our, is our commonality as, as, as humanity enough? Well, and I think that, if you look, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I say no. Uh, this, this is, that kind of thinking is, is not why we're here, but that kind of thinking is still it's keeping things this way that we don't want. And, and to your point, Mac, that the differences are great, but think about this, the way this planet is going, say with media or if it's internet access, everything is sort of converging to people are going to be having the same experiences. Think about tribes in the Amazon a hundred years ago, or not even, maybe even today. Think about how differently people live their lives in different spots around the world. And now with say the internet, things are getting to the point where we're having these sort of common experience. I don't know if experience is the right word, but we're having the same access to say information. So like, I feel like, let's let's think about language for a second here we probably have a somewhat biased uh take that a lot of the internet is in english right because that's what we consume right yeah so it feel it's like with media with like a lot of the movies that come out a lot of music there's a lot of this is sort of english dominated like we i, I couldn't tell you what the the number one Chinese made movie was last year. Right? We have no idea. Right. I mean, cause we don't speak that language, but I can tell you that probably Chinese people know what the number one, you know, American movie was last year. So I think that there's this, there's this sort of critical mass of culture that sort of gets pushed out. That is sort of slowly homogenizing people and, where that that's doesn't really come into play with race. I think there's a natural that like, there is the people that are sort of mixing their, you know, marrying and having children with somebody that's not of their race that is getting out there. It's, it is sort of diluting the, whatever you, you know, what do you want to call it? Racial purity. It's, it, it's, it is happening and it's, it's, it is a good thing because it just makes it easier for everybody to get over this kind of bullshit, you know, dehumanizing people of other races. So I, I think that this is, 
and, and some of this is just, it's old ways of thinking dying out. And because of the, prom- the, the prevalence of, of internet access around the world, you're exposed to all these different ideas. So it does sort of disseminate. And so. And not to say, not to say that we can't, not to say that we should, that we shouldn't take any, you know, things with a grain of salt when it comes to what we read on the internet, of course, you know, because that's also heavily, heavily curated also in, in, uh, in a lot of parts of the world. But I think that maybe helps to, to, uh, to kind of eradicate that whole history is written by the victors mentality because everything because information is at the ready right now you know history is literally being written by everybody not just whoever is the purported you know, the supposed winner you know you we are seeing a lot a lot of sides of the story right now i mean i know that i i kind of i kind of did a public semi-public uh, call out of, of of one of my uh, friends on facebook because he kept sending me videos that's pro white and pro you know racism does not exist that's a that's a that's a that's something that black or, black people are trying to to spread that kind of thing and uh and I was thinking oh my god what the hell and I and I get I feel I kind of I feel like I kind of get that that he's just trying to make sure that there's balance in the conversation but it, it was just it, first of all he wasn't doing it right cuz uh, it was just all and this, I mean, this is a Filipino guy too. So it was kind of, it was kind of very surprising too, that, that, that he was sending this kind of, actually, I got to think that maybe, maybe his account was hacked. I didn't think about that. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's Russia trying to use my, uh, this person's account, but, um, Russia. but, uh, but, you know, but I think it's, it's, it's about like, we're all being exposed to, to all sides of the story now. Right. And it does. And, and again, to repeat what I said earlier, you know, yeah, there's that bad cop. There's that Derek Chauvin or Chauvin or Chauvin or whatever you pronounce that name who put his knee on George Floyd and kill, and ultimately killed him. But, you know, and, and sadly, there were three other cops there who were just following this guy's lead because apparently he's a trainer cop and he was training, training these three cops. Um, you know, but there's other a lot of other cops that are that are doing good, that do good. And these are the cops that I would call on. These are the cops that I would want to to help me if I were in, in, a, in a tough situation. Uh, but it's just we're we're not hearing necessarily those stories, but because because then maybe it's not as important as what we're hearing now. I do want to ask though, because you did mention the whole COVID thing, AG, and how that could have been maybe the unifying thing. Let's say COVID was not happening at all during this time. Let's say COVID was not a, a part of the equation, and the George Floyd uh, death still happened. Will things will this unrest be as elevated as it is right now? I'd say no. I mean, part of what's happening with this unrest is that there's, there's all this economic pressure on people, uh, and and especially the black community is feeling this really, not only feeling the effects of the COVID, but they're feeling the effects of the economic downturn greater than other communities are. So as far as the outrage of, of seeing George Floyd murdered on camera, I definitely I mean, think that was and a turning point because one, it was just so callous and, and, and I don't calculated might not be the right word, but it was just like the guy stopped responding. And it's like, what point of your, of you calling yourself human, do you say, I'd rather have this guy, I'd rather put his life in danger than to see if he's okay because he, 
did this sort of very petty crime. I mean, it, that, that, that's the other thing about the, the activist in Buffalo that got pushed over by the police. And that what disturbed me more than him being pushed down was just that all of them walked right past him. It's like, not one of you thought like, hey, I should check on this or hey, that huh. wasn't right to do. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I just like that. That to me said a lot about, you know, at least with on George Floyd, the other officers were sort of questioning him and maybe were sort of cowed by his authority over them. But in Buffalo, you know, the one guy that pushed him over just sort of like shook his head like, hey, man, you shouldn't have fallen. And that just like that chilled me. And so I think that the COVID has definitely amplified the this this um, protest culture that we have, but I don't think it would have, I, I don't think it would have um, not happened because this, that was like a really, I mean, you remember seeing the Rodney King tape for the first time, how just, I just felt sick to my stomach. And this George Floyd is the same situation, except it's almost worse because it was just like, you had all of this time to say, Oh, I should probably shouldn't be doing this but he didn't. And that's kind of what really gets me hurting inside is just to not have any sort of thought in your head that, Hey, this is a person here. Mac. Well, I think you maybe just to take those two. Yeah. We're all enough to remember the Rodney King riots and, 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 and the, the, the two videos. So in one video you have, uh, I don't know, five or six cops taking turns at uh, taking shots at Rodney King, right? Uh, the difference between that video and the video with George Floyd is that the, uh, well, one, one guy died. And two, the manner of death was way more personal and sadistic than you can imagine. Uh, I think strangling somebody uh, beating someone to death, that's like you got a lot of anger and you got or whatever it happens to be. A lot of the times those types of things are accidents. Uh, it's very rare that people get beaten to death with the idea of killing them. There are, it doesn't, I, I'm just saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. But more likely than not, a, strang a strangulation is a sign of real evil uh, and the killer instinct that this guy had. And he told him someone, one of the guys said, Hey, should we turn him on his side? And he's like, Nope, leave, leave him there. Leave him there. Uh, there's not much difference between that and an actual lynching. If you, if you look at it. So to me, again, the, the Rodney King video and this video are apples and oranges. They're completely different because you're witnessing somebody being killed uh, coldly. And he said callously, there's no doubt about that. It was, it was on purpose. Uh, or he was hoping maybe that he lived, but he really would stick it to this guy uh, over what a $20 bill that was forged and whether or not he even knew that it was forged. I, I, I don't even know the whole, the whole story about that yet as, as to whether or not he's actually passing out uh, counterfeit dollars. Uh, but to me, it doesn't even matter. That doesn't, that crime doesn't warn anything near the, the amount of force that was applied. And you could even look at the videos. There's videos all over 
It wasn't like the guy was fighting. He wasn't throwing punches. Uh, was he upset? Probably because like, oh, shit, you know, this is bullshit. Of course. But it's it's not even close. So, you know, to me, it's like a little bit different story. Now, as far as we're, we're looking for something real and tangible that might unite us, I was been thinking about this a little bit, is that it comes down to climate change because climate change is here on this planet. It is affecting everybody, even if they don't realize it. A lot of people do realize it. A lot of people, a lot of people, most people don't realize it yet. How bad it's going to get on this planet if things don't change. And again, it's, that's the one thing. If you have the, okay, we're getting the hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding every year on a horrible basis what are we going to do so it might be too late to fix what goes on in this planet so the thing that might unite is climate change one then two heading out there uh to 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 the stars because we can't live here anymore we fucked it we've shat in our own home too many times that we can't live here anymore i think that might be the one thing but 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 probably even that won't really unite anybody. It will for a, a you know, a time before human interest gets, gets involved again. I'm just hoping by, by that time that, uh, you know, other forces like religion will be a little bit less uh, pronounced than it is now. And it is all the time. You look at the numbers, the more and more people are not believing in God and that's just fine by me. You know, uh, Real quick, AG, I, I remember the video of the Buffalo police officer pushing the the old man. Um, and I thought I saw at least one person begin to crouch down and he was picked up immediately by somebody behind him and saying, Move, was, keep yeah. forwarding, uh, keep walking. And then the guy who picked him up appeared to like reach out, reach for his radio, maybe calling for EMT or something like that. But of course, you know, appearance uh what is it appearance is everything or something like that where of course everything that perception people saw, perception is everything everything that people saw they perceived that that the police were just to use your word callous and not an uncaring and not i mean seeing the guy was freaking bleeding but then you know again it's it's hard to generalize generalize on that too they were they they had their whatever their orders and they want they need to, they need to get done but you know but then of course somebody would draw a parallel well you know those German soldiers were also just following orders when they flipped the switch in the gas chamber. Uh, and well, it's not just that. You've dudes. got the, the Secretary of Defense calling it a battle space. The Secretary of Defense calling these protest areas battle spaces. Now, I thought he's... I thought congressmen he, saying they're going to chase down people like they do in the Middle East. I thought that, I mean, I thought that guy, the Secretary of Defense, uh, clapped back on that, saying no, uh, that he... Uh, he regrets calling it a battle space. That's not a clapback. That's just a cop-out, period. He called it a battle space. The only reason why he had to go back on it is because Mattis called him out on it. And other military leaders, former military leaders, called, called him out. It's like, what are you doing? Um, American cities are now battle spaces? Are you fucking kidding me? And, and part of that has to do with, you're talking about the 75-year-old guy. Okay. The guys pushed him. And that's a big problem. That's the, the problem right there. Is that they, is that, is or three. Yeah, two or three of them. I, I saw two. I don't know about three of them, but maybe it was three guys who were in the same area. I can tell that they realized that they fucked up. I don't, I don't have the same quite the view. I don't think that those guys that were there 
or have the mindset that we don't give a fuck. Cause I did see the guy want to lean down. The, I don't think the guy shaking his head was thinking, Oh, well you shouldn't have been here. I was thinking he was saying, Oh shit. You know, that was too much. We fucked up. No, I disagree. Uh, yeah. Well, and that, that, that's, that's, on that. that's the perception, right? Is that I think that if the militaristic mindset of the police, which should not be militaristic, there should be totally different. That's why they're separate. That's why you don't have the military doing police work. That's why you don't have those things. But you keep wanting to in incur more military mindset and equipment and, and tactics and things of that nature. It's like, okay. And then you take into account the whole brotherhood and the weird union thing that they got going on. It's like, nope, you stay in line. You keep moving. You follow orders, right? Again, battle. you have battle space used by the, the Secretary of defense you have trump clearing out a space for him to go into uh using military tactics i'm not saying the guys the guys definitely should be charged with assault and probably should be fired and all that other kind of stuff and the people who are uh, uh who resigned from it whether it's because the union won't pay for the legal fees which is i've read some of them are, are saying that or because the brotherhood is wrong but I didn't see a lack, a complete lack of humanity. I think they fucked up and I think they knew it. But you, you did it to a 75-year-old guy, gangly, 75-year-old guy, and then you didn't do anything. And so the perception is now is that all 57 of them are like bad people. Well, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. The reaction that the cop that pushed him over isn't like, oh, I fucked up. No, it's like, you, you shouldn't have been over here, old man. This is what happens. This is what you get. And it's he shook his head just like that. Oh, man, that just gets my dander up right there that you could treat. I mean, this is somebody that has loved ones. And, and you just, I mean, not that it wasn't, he was bleeding like, like he got cut. He was bleeding out of his ear. And that is so, I mean, that to me would be so heinous as far as something that I did to somebody and an elderly person, especially, it's just that is mind boggling. And I think that the, the mass resident, and they didn't resign as being police officers. They just resigned from this special. Oh, unit. I know this special unit. So yeah. That it just, that tells that right there is that's a big part of the problem. And the fact that they did that in mass is just tells me everything I need to know about the Buffalo police department. Yeah, and apparently uh, I, the original that. report on that on that gentleman because it came out of a police plotter was gentleman uh, tripped and fell was the uh, was the only police report, and I think that's why there were some people who videoed the thing came out and, and called the police Buffalo police on it. It's like no, the guy didn't trip and fall, and here's proof. Here's video proof that your police officers pushed him um, to the ground. I just look at the video a little differently because I see body language from the, you know, the guys who pushed him. I think that, yes, they made a huge mistake and they were militant and they were entitled and they should never have done it. It should never have happened. Uh, it didn't matter who it is. I mean, there's been plenty of other incidents of, of the police happening. I don't think the guy tripped. I think he doesn't have very good balance, clearly. Uh, and it could have been anybody. I, I probably would have fallen over from that uh, but the fact that he was weaker, he did have, was 75, he just cracked a skull up in there. I saw the guy, I don't think it was out of like, oh, shit, I'm on camera. I think he was going to 
try to get get down there. I think he wanted to push him and send a message. I don't think that they intended for that to happen. Uh, in that, in this, in this case here, looking at it, and I've watched it a number of different times. And my first reaction, the same as you, Ag. I think I posted uh, one of the first that I saw posting it. That I saw, I was like, these guys should be in fucking jail. Fuck, 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 fuck these guys. But I look at them more, and I think that. I think they realized that they made a mistake in that moment. I think the guy shaking his head was like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was the, that was the the shaking of the head that I felt that I saw. And the guy leaning down to go, his immediate reaction was like, Oh shit, I should help him. The fact that that wasn't allowed is the main problem. That's the dehumanization of the people that they're dealing with. I think part of it is it's natural. You have people assigned and charged with the not just the protection of people but the enforcement of laws the enforcement of society the judgment of society naturally those people are going to be looked upon in a negative light i don't care who it is i don't care how many reforms are that you're going to have nobody likes the hall monitor you know nobody likes being told what what to do so you're, you're already kind of behind and i'm not believe me i'm not giving the police uh, any kind of out here for the things that they've done. But I'm just saying that you look at that and you're already behind the eight ball with society because people just want to do what they want to do. And if you get people telling you you can't do this, you're going to breed resentment. And if you live in an atmosphere and in a bubble of other people, the, the, the brotherhood and protecting one another and it's you against the world and everybody else resents you, or at least there's the perception of that, well, hopefully, this. well, hopefully things do start to change. I know that it, it took a domino effect of, of, of incidents in order to get us to this point. And, and hopefully, and, and you know, in terms of like an, an ongoing hatred and ongoing vitriol being um, energized by the uh, asshole in chief that's in the White House, who even just recently uh, made some really abhorrent remarks uh, and, and, and using George Floyd's name in those remarks to, to talk about uh, an uptick in the economy. Um, but, and hopefully, so hopefully the American people do show up um, in the polls um, this November. And first of all, vote this fucker out because that's going to be the, one of the first things, one of the first changes. And, and, and this whole thing with COVID and the uprest, uh, un- unrest and all the uprising, hopefully it all leads to that one main one main goal. And I don't, I don't mind saying that at all. I don't mind proselytizing that either. Cause that's what, that's one of the first changes that, that does, that do need to happen in this country. The rest, the rest will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it one step at a time, but that's one of the major changes. Cause if, with this guy still up, uh, up there at the top, the, 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 the 35% will, will sound, will sound more like 60, 75% um, of the people because of, because of his hateful messages and, and hateful actions really. But uh, but beyond today, okay, what's the I guess what's the one thing that you feel you can do, kind of like just to just to help move the needle in the right direction? I mean, I know we're you know we're one of three hundred thirty million here. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not even the right number of voters. But but what's what's one thing that you will do, uh, Ag? Uh, you know, from where I am, like there's there's no protests down here. So my ability to, to voice my opposition to the 
systemic racism and just the general sort of fascist leaning of, of where it seems we're headed is, is limited in the sense of showing up in person. But I think amplifying messages, um, I, I don't know if getting like into online confrontations with people that are spouting stupid things is, is all that helpful. It just sort of reinforces the, the negativity and the, the polarization of what's going on. But I think for me, again, personally, is I want to treat everybody with respect that I come across. And that, that's really should be what the def, your default mode of interacting with somebody for the first time should be respect. And I think that goes a long way to, addressing the issues between different peoples is just come at them with a point of like, Hey, I, I recognize who you are and I want to give you every opportunity to your, to express yourself. And I want to understand you and I want you to understand me. So I think it's just like doing little things like that in your personal life of just giving everybody the benefit of the doubt and until you're proven otherwise, but that, just having positive interactions with other people is sort of a very, very grassroots way of, of affecting some change here. AG, I'm sorry, Mac. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is really quick. I'm going to use the restroom because we didn't take a break. <laughs> I'll be right back. I really have to go. <laughs> you have empty bottles right there. I was trying to, I was trying to wrap up the goddamn episode. I know, I know. But it was, uh, it was, there was, there was no, no, no way to break. Oh, I didn't see a, w- a way to break in the middle there. It was just a uh, conversation was just flowing. Well, I could, I could tell you were trying to do it here at the end. And then of course, Mac has got the bladder. Of, of <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's fair. It's fair. Um, he, I, I know for a fact, he's got empty bottles right there. Yeah. <laughs> He could have just taken care of this. Yeah, I mean, and he def- definitely would have fit. There were splits, so he definitely would not have had any issues. No, that no, would have been, been room to spare. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, he, we put it in there. He's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> I have to edit this out. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. No, it, it you know, we'll, we're waiting for him to come back here, but, but, uh, no, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I do draw that fine line. I try to draw that fine line myself as well in terms of, you know, whether I should add to, to the conversation on, uh, in, on, in social media by doing kind of confrontational interactions or should I just like just post and then whatever comes out of it, then what comes out of it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, like I don't necessarily engage in back and forth in social media. It's more about, let me just post this. But I do, I do, I have found myself expressing my opinions, that's for sure. Um, even on certain posts, like there was somebody, um, I can't remember it, and I don't want to really get into it, but I, I posted to this person, yeah, uh, no, don't, don't stop what you're saying, say what you're saying, because it's, first of all, it's, it's, it's your opinion and you're entitled to it. Uh, and then second of all, it's these voices that we have an opportunity to, to be heard now. So don't, don't. And that's the thing. I think it's, if we allow ourselves to kind of just kind of cower into our own little bubbles because it's, it's safer there, 
you know, that's that's a that's a bad move. But before I get into my my reasonings, welcome back, Mac. So what's your what's your one thing that you're going to focus on kind of moving forward just to help move things? Well, I mean, it's difficult, again, because I I am in a little different position. I don't have I'm not in the same position as AG, for instance, where there's nothing going on. But I am worried about COVID. Uh, I am worried about uh, having my kids exposed to that. And I can't take them down to go to protests if we didn't have them here as much as we love them. I would be down there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I do believe that the the COVID thing is a huge issue that's going to come right back, right back in our faces here shortly. Uh, I'm really worried about that. We're going to have a big second wave because of this. And I know that this is all necessary. It's all important. It's all just, it's all justified, but I think people are treating it as though it doesn't exist anymore because they have such, such short-term memories and we're going to see a major wave of COVID after this. Um, but that's a separate issue, I guess. But, but the one thing I can do is I'm not going to fucking let anybody say the kind of stuff without any kind of retort. I, I agree with you. We shouldn't foment the negativity and continue the negativity, but I see comments online. I'm not going to let that shit go anymore. And I haven't been, I have never responded more online to people. Uh, try to be funny about it, but stinging. It's like, no, fuck you. Fuck this shit. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to allow you to, you to bully people online. I don't care what you say to me, but you need to know there are other people there who are going to oppose you. Uh, even just today, I went to go to the fucking plaid to go get my bottles for the show, my research for the show, uh, very necessary research. And I was wearing the mask to go into the plaid and this fucker out of a car. And it's the second time in the last week. It's like, what are you doing? Six feet up, or not. He didn't say anything. I couldn't really understand what he was saying. But he was like, he was like, yeah, the mask. And his, his fat fucking wife is in there like, <laughs> like, really? And I, I looked and I drove out, Trump 2020, uh, these colors don't bleed, they run, or they run, they don't bleed, or whatever the fuck the, the bumper sticker was. And it was a, just a piece of shit human being. Like, I don't care that you insulted me, but it's those fucking people that we need to stand firm against. We can't, we can't let them just do whatever they want. Uh, I'm not saying you got to go out Antifa and throw Molotov cocktails, but you see something online, you call it out for what it is. If you hear something on the streets uh, and you see somebody being bullied, you step in as much as you can. You know, I know people don't want to get killed or stabbed, but you know, obviously exercise your best judgment or whatever your level of physical ability is, but you just don't stay silent about it. And I think that's the thing. You can't stay silent about this. And, and uh, that's the biggest problem for me is that for too long, you just stay silent about it because you don't want to get involved and you, you, you know, you don't want to get into the negativity. <clears throat> I'm not going to let these fuckers, at least online anyway, I'll be a little uh, brave online anyway. I'm, you know, I'm not a killer, but uh, you know, I'm not going to let them continue doing what they're doing without any kind of any other. And it's not like it hasn't been happening, but I think I'm much less the type to get involved in that kind of thing. AG, you and I are kind of similar. I think even you and me, all three of us are very similar in that way that we're not out there looking for fights. But if we see it, um, I'll, I'll certainly be able to give it back to them. And well, so I think I th talking to like what you're saying is responding back is good in the sense that people need to know that there is an opposition, but 
responding back to just you know random people on Facebook. Don't do it with the with the thought you're going to change their mind at all because you're probably not. But I think people do no, need to see. No, it's not that. Other people need to see that. Yeah, th- this person's voice does not represent everybody. Yeah, that. Do you guys all see the Seth Seth Rogan Twitter thing? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking brilliant because that's how you respond to these people. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just basically said, fuck you, fuck off. Yeah, he's like, look, I believe in this. If you don't like it, unfollow me is what he said. Yeah. And then, and then people will say, unfollow. It's like, good, fuck you. <laughs> that's how I am about it. I, I don't want to convince any of these people or try to change or, or fucking change their mind at all. I just want them to know that there are other people around here who are going to be right there to make sure that they can't do what they want. And I also don't respond. I also will look at, I've seen a ton of this going on right now to where if you look at a pro at a profile that just got created in June, 2020 and they have zero friends and they have zero followers and zero other posts, that's a fucking bot. So there's social media manipulation going on out there at the same time from the Chinese, probably from the Russians, from other bad, uh, other bad actors. And I'm not going to respond to those people. I'll, I'll, I'll look first. So that'd be the other advice is look before you react. I'll take that with a grain of salt too, for sure. But you also maybe don't want to discount the possibility that these are people who may have just found their voice and are now just deciding to, to speak out as well. So I wouldn't necessarily think that, Oh, your, your account just just, just got created two days ago. You're a bot. There's always that possibility of course, but I can't, I can't overlook the possibility that these are the people that are just now maybe found the found their strength and found their voice to begin expressing their thoughts and opinions and maybe defending de- defending the thoughts and opinions that they happen to agree with. So I mean that's that's the other side of that particular potentially the other side of that coin. But but for me I guess the way I look at the way and I agree with you Mac in terms of COVID will re- rear its uglier head um, here very soon. But but I wonder if it it you know if especially for the people who do cho- who did choose and still choose to protest in person out there because that's that's how they feel they want to they want to express themselves in in light of everything that's going on is that maybe it's a choice between two evils it's like without the protests maybe the voice will not be as amplified as as it is right now you know so we can't really i guess i can't really worry about that right now. Like I think with what AG said earlier too, like this is happening for it's be, this is happening the way it's supposed to happen right now, despite the COVID. Um, and, you know, and as a person of color, I mean, for me right now, I mean, I can't say that I, that I don't see systemic, systemic racism, you know, and I, that I don't feel systemic racism. Maybe it's, maybe it's happening in a subtle way. I just don't feel it the same way as our black people of our black community do. And, and at this time, the only the one thing that I'm trying to do for my uh, I'm trying to do in my uh, as kind of my way of as being part of this this uh, this uprising, so to speak, is not to focus on my story. It's it's just to just to keep the focus on their story, keep the focus and and elevate their stories and elevate their voices and amplify those voices because that's the one for for me. The selfish part here is that that that's the way that I know that I I can also maybe experience my personal wins is if they, if they win that I can, that I can kind of, uh, you know, experience my personal win against systemic racism. And really that's the, that's the one thing I'm going to be, fo- well, that's one of the things I'm going to focus on, focusing on. Another thing I'm going to be focusing on, and it is going to be a very, 
I think heavy lift. No, it shouldn't be a heavy lift. But I, you know, I tend to use I tend to use as part of my as part of my humor. There's some racial, you know, racial comments that I make as part of part of my own brand of humor. I, I know that I'm being I'm going to be very conscious of that now moving forward. You know, it's not I'm not going to be perfect about it, but I'm going to be conscious about it moving forward. Most of my racial racially slanted humor is self-deprecating uh, most of them but even that that does not help matters and so that's one thing that i know i'm gonna be just a little bit more be more aware of moving forward but um but yeah this is this is just all very heavy stuff that we're all dealing with right now and we're all dealing with them in in very different ways and that you know we hope that you edgar i know you're listening right now i hope you're doing well <laughs> and that you're dealing with this in your own special way and hopefully that uh that you're finding your voice as well in this in this whole thing but um yeah so be well be safe good night